Good morning, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scani six-pack, the only podcast that's bringing you the top stories in Wisconsin sports every single day. I'm your host, Kedrick Stumbrus, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kedrick Stumbrus and follow the podcast at Scani Six-Pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. Yesterday was a pretty fantastic day. Uh, I want to start off the top here by going through a couple of things that I'm not going to mention more in depth here, but it was almost a perfect baseball day in the state of Wisconsin, uh, except for the Carolina Budcats, the Brewers single A affiliates. You had wins by uh, the high A affiliate, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, the Biloxi Shuckers, the Milwaukee Brewers double A affiliates walked it off thanks to a Jackson Cheerio, the number one prospect in all of baseball. Home run, his actual second home run of the day. Uh, a great day for me to don uh, my Wisconsin Timber Rattlers Jackson Churio jersey uh, for the Timber Rattlers home opener. And then the Nashville Sounds also n- walked it off. The Brewers AAA affiliate walked it off with a home run of their own in extras. So a really great day all around for baseball. Plus, the Wisconsin Badgers softball team won a big one. Uh, Mercy ruling DePaul earlier on in the day too but of course to top it off at the very beginning here the Brewers win and Corbin Burns looked like himself again and did so from the jump right from the beginning until the eighth inning Corbin Burns had gone three up and three down allowing just one hit in the third thanks to getting him back out with a double play so still three up and three down let's talk on the broadcast about him uh Potentially going through every single batter just the minimum number of times, going with 27 plate appearances overall. Uh, Didn't end up happening, but Corbin Burns pitched eight scoreless innings and recorded eight strikeouts, allowed just one hit through seven innings, uh, but then two more hits in the eighth before he ultimately ended his day. He was having a really great day, you know, was nowhere really near throwing 100 pitches even in this one. Really had a fantastic performance. Great stuff right off the bat. Was locating his cutter. Was just throwing some nasty curveballs in this one. Corbin Burns, who had struggled early on in those first two starts against the Cubs and against the Mets, really brought it out in Arizona last night. And then Joel Piamps came in to close it out. In the uh, in the ninth inning, ended up blowing the shutout for the Brewers in the first run allowed by Milwaukee's bullpen in 27 innings. But ultimately... The Brewers win this one, win 7-1 to one over the Arizona Diamondbacks and give themselves a chance uh, to have a rubber match against the Diamondbacks tomorrow. Uh, the crew overall was struggling on offense for the first two-thirds of this game. Uh, they were left hitless until the seventh inning when Willie Adamas then took Merrill Kelly, the Arizona Diamondbacks starter in this one, to deep center field to end both the no-hitter and the shutout bid, taking a one nothing lead over Arizona, and then Milwaukee kept it going, adding five runs total in the seventh inning, so that Willie Adamas home run just really opened the floodgates for Milwaukee and just took it to Kelly and the Diamondbacks' bullpen really the rest of the way after getting nothing early on. Uh, In the seventh, uh, uh, Milwaukee had two hits and a couple of runs against Miguel Castro, uh, and Castro walked in a run after not even allowing a hit yet this season. So really great stuff by Milwaukee. Bats come alive. You know, you have a lot of this after yesterday's all the same old Brewers. Brewers can't score. You got this on day one of the regular season. You got this going into 
uh, the the late innings of that game against the New York Mets that Corbin Burns struggled a little bit in. All this talk about, oh, Milwaukee can't score, same old Brewers, same old Brewers. I really don't think this is same old Brewers. Not the same old Brewers. You're going to get some same old Brewers with these guys. Sometimes you're going to see a lot of strikeouts. You saw that from one guy notably today that we're going to talk about here uh, at the end of this podcast, but with uh, at the end of the segment of this podcast, rather. But with the young guys in the lineup, sometimes some guys are going to struggle. You just have some guys in this lineup overall who are more prone to striking out. But this is not the same old Brewers. These are some young guys on this team, some fresh faces. And I think you see that in this seventh inning. That crew struggled for a while, then brought it on, adding five runs in the seventh. And then Rowdy Telez had a homer in the eighth. That was just an absolute no-doubter to right field. The second that ball came off of his bat, it was gone. Not even close. Just absolutely crushed the ball. And then Mike Brasso added on to the lead in the ninth with a homer of his own that snuck over the fence in right center. Uh, a few notable performances. Rowdy Telez put a good one together. Uh, one for three with a home run. He also walked. Garrett Mitchell continues to impress in his uh, big league debut here. He's now hitting fifth in the lineup. Went two for four last night and is hitting 324 on the season. Just really, really fantastic stuff from some of the kids, Garrett Mitchell included. Mike Brasso mentioned that he had that home run in the eighth inning. He also had a two RBI double in the seventh, so had three RBIs total and went two for four on the day. Uh, the negative, Christian Yelich had a tough day, went one for five with three strikeouts, didn't get on base until the eighth inning, and that's what we've been able to say about Christian Yelich. You know, even though he's not uh, not hitting very well in his at-bats, he's at least getting on base, and it took him you know, five, five plate appearances to even get on base uh, with that single in the eighth. And he's now hitting 227 with a 227 batting average and on base percentage of 333. So Christian Yelich is, has a below average batting average for the season. Obviously, we have small sample size here, but that's a below average batting average in Major League Baseball so far this year with a, with a you know, above average on base percentage, but not great stuff from Christian Yelich so far. Hopefully he gets into a little bit more of a rhythm. You want him, look, again, I'm going to say this time and time again on this podcast. We get the Christian Yelich we have, not the Christian Yelich we want. And we just need to get the best version of the Christian Yelich we have to have a good performance from this team, night in and night out. So, if we can get Christian Yelich hitting just a little bit better, making sure he is an above-average ball player, that's going to be good. He can do just about enough on defense to make up for or yet a solid defensive day in, uh, on Easter Sunday in the third game of that Cardinals series. Uh, he was DHing today, so you didn't really have to deal with his defense in left field. Obviously, he's not really a fantastic defender, but if you can get enough out of him, uh, then you can't complain. And if you get above average hitting, if you get him continuing to do well enough to walk, doesn't seem like pitchers are throwing away from him like they used to, but he still knows how to draw those walks. Just need Christian Yelich to perform just a little bit better.
Uh, in the NL Central standings, everyone won yesterday except for the Cincinnati Reds. So the crew can, maintains its one-game lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates in the division. Brewers game today. They play at 2.40 p.m. Central. That game will be televised on Bally Sports Wisconsin in the rubber match of the series between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Brewers will face Dre Jameson, who takes the mound for Arizona, a right-handed pitcher who enters the rotation for the Diamondbacks as Zach Davies, the starting pitcher for Arizona, has hit the 15-day DL. We will uh, talk a little bit here about uh, starting pitchers hitting the 15-day DL. Uh, but Dre Jameson has pitched eight innings so far this year with a 2.16 ERA out of the bullpen. Uh, he started four games last year and recorded a 1.48 ERA. So he's a very capable pitcher. It'll be interesting to see what he gets in a starting role over the next, you know, three three starts for him, most likely. But just seeing what Milwaukee is able to get against him facing another right-handed pitcher today. Uh, I think we're going to see a lineup that is pretty similar to the one we had yesterday, where Jesse Winker is sick uh, out with an illness. Seems a little unclear whether or not he's going to return to the lineup today. That's why he's been out of the lineup the last couple of days. Uh, Luke Voigt did not return to the lineup tonight. We had Christian Yelich, as I mentioned, DHing, and then Brian Anderson moved from third base to the outfield, and Mike Brasso took those at-bats at third base. And we kind of talked about all those guys, minus Brian Anderson, a little bit earlier. So Milwaukee is facing a pitcher in the rotation who is now one of Arizona's starters uh, due to another starter being on the DL. Well, Milwaukee's right there with them. Brandon Woodruff was put on the 15-day DL today or yesterday, rather, with some throwing shoulder soreness, inflammation. Uh, manager Craig Council said that Brendan Woodruff did not recover in the way that the club and the way Big Woo expected following Woody's performance Friday night against the Cardinals. So the team put him on the injured list as a precaution. It's a bit of a shame because Brandon Woodruff was looking like the best of the Brewers' starting pitchers so far. Fortunately, Corbin Burns turned it on last night, so that's a little bit less of a concern. Uh, but it looks like Jansen Junk is probably getting the start as he was recalled from Nashville and was in the clubhouse in Arizona today. As a reminder, Junk was acquired in the trade that sent Hunter Renfro out of Milwaukee this offseason. And Jansen Junk's record in his big league experience, he has seven games of big league experience in six starts. Uh, between his last two seasons with the Angels, his ERA plus, as a reminder, ERA plus is the earned run average adjusted to the ballparks in the games in which uh, that pitcher has played. So ballpark adjusted ERA, and then 100 is average. Anything above 100 is better than average. Anything below 100 is worse than average. So in 2021, Jansen Junk's ERA plus was 118. 18 percentage points above average. Good stuff by Jansen Junk. In 2022, his ERA plus was 65, 35 percentage points below average. And so that's a big difference there. Hopefully, Jansen Junk can put something together for the crew as looks like Woody might miss three starts here. In spring training, 
Uh, Junk posted a 5.63 ERA with just eight innings of work, so not a lot to look off of there. Uh, anything near predictive going forward, but hopefully he's been in Milwaukee's pitching lab and the team sees something they want in him overall. Milwaukee has a tendency to take these borderline uh, borderline big league guys, these guys that they can stash on the 40-man and turn them into something when uh, they need to get them on overall. In terms of other Milwaukee professional team's injury updates, the Milwaukee Bucks, we got some big notes from practice yesterday and some injury updates. Obviously, there have been a number of guys listed on the Milwaukee Bucks injury report in that last week of the regular season. A lot of that just due to wanting to rest guys as the one seed had already been clinched but some other guys with some real injury concerns. But Mike Boonholzer addressed the media after the Bucks practice. Of course, started talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo, who sat the last few games of the regular season for the Milwaukee Bucks. But Coach Bud said he did everything yesterday. So really good news about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He also talked to the media on his own a little bit and just said as he gets into the playoffs, you know, he's going to focus on Resting when he needs to, knows it's a grind of 28 games that you got to go out and play potentially and just get in, get travel back home, get your treatment, and get ready to play. Take it one game at a time. So he sounds like he is getting himself in the headspace that he needs to be in order to go out and compete for another NBA title, which is always great stuff to hear from the Greek freak. Chris Middleton, who I think is the biggest injury concern for the Milwaukee Bucks moving forward into the postseason was the biggest injury concern for the Milwaukee Bucks throughout the regular season. Uh, as a reminder, Chris Middleton left in the first quarter of the Bucks game against the Chicago Bulls last week with some right knee soreness, tweaking some soreness in his right knee that he had suffered before. It sounded like he did not fully participate in the Bucks full team practice, but according to Coach Bud, he did some individual work after practice and some weight room work. Uh, Bud said that he's going to do more individual work today, Wednesday, and then they are anticipating and planning for Chris Middleton to practice in full on Thursday. So sounds like Milwaukee is optimistic and is just being cautious with Chris as they have been basically all season long. Not rushing him back, letting him get that full dose of treatment, that full dose of rehab as he's had injuries now to both of his knees. And I see no reason to push Chris Middleton back sooner than expected. This Milwaukee Bucks team probably has the ability to beat whoever their first-round opponent is in four or five games, even without Chris Middleton. And we will get to uh, who that first-round opponent might be in just a little bit here. But in terms of other uh, updates on other guys who sat games to end the season. Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday, who missed the last two games of the regular season after the Bucks had clinched the number one seed, were both full participants in practice uh, yesterday for the Milwaukee. And then Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen, who had matching right ankle sprains, suffered in back-to-back -back games. Coach Bud previously had said that the best-case scenario for Grayson Allen was returning for game one of the first round of the playoffs. I have kind of said before that I think that means we're not going to get Grayson Allen back for game one of the first round because Bud's told folks in the media before what best case scenario for guys are and I think they are usually very optimistic best case scenarios that don't end up coming to fruition but 
both Pat and Grayson were limited in today's practice, so they're getting closer to being back out there. I didn't see anything saying about, you know, who uh, between Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen might be getting out there sooner rather than later and when they might become full participants in practice, but both were limited yesterday. So lots of guys gearing up to get ready for round one of the NBA playoffs. I, too, am getting ready for round one of the NBA playoffs. As I said yesterday, I've been eyeing uh, some tickets, and I got to buy those quickly for game one or game two. I'll probably be scooping those up tomorrow. And when I'm going to buy those tickets, I will purchase them like I do all of my tickets on TickPick. Uh, this is not an ad. TickPick is just a service I love, an app I love, and I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. So when you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket selling apps, and it comes with TickPick's best price guarantee. If you find a better price somewhere else for the same ticket, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link in the podcast description, you'll save $10 on your first order. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, search for TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, download that app, then click my link in the podcast description and save $10 on your very first ticket order and get to round one of the NBA playoffs. It's going to be your cheapest playoff ticket, NBA playoff atmosphere, going to be phenomenal, can't wait, and while you're downloading those tickets, let's also talk about who they who the Milwaukee Bucks are going to play in the first round. So quick NBA play-in check-in as the Atlanta Hawks defeated the Miami Heat last night, 116-105. to Also on a day where uh, some serious Trey Young potentially being traded from Atlanta uh, rumors uh, this offseason started swirling around on, on that same day. So a little bit interesting, uh, but that means that the Atlanta Hawks, uh, who defeated the Heat, will advance to play the Boston Celtics in the first round of the NBA playoffs, and then Miami will face the winner of Raptors and the Chicago Bulls on Friday. The winner of that game, of course, will advance to play the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. So that game between Chicago and Toronto will be aired tonight at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN, and then one team out of those three, Miami, Chicago, or Toronto, that wins on Friday night, will face the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Quickly, let's top off the six-pack. I wrote about this yesterday for Wisconsin Sports Heroics. I will link that article in the podcast description. I would greatly appreciate it if you gave it a read. And if you've watched a lot of Milwaukee Bucks games this season or been to a lot of Milwaukee Bucks home games this season, you may have noticed that the Bucks uniforms have clashed with the court on a number of occasions. Uh, the Bucks, of course, unveiled their blue gathering place court back in November, along with the first time they wore their blue uh, City Edition jerseys this year. And then that blue court stuck around for the last couple of months. It was something that I have noticed, but the why of that had kind of gone under the radar for me. But apparently, the Bucks chief marketing officer said back in February, the Bucks' primary home court, you know, with the Deerhead logo and green accents, needed repairs so the Milwaukee Bucks have been playing on the blue court with the blue uh Bucks written diagonally across the blue outline of the state of Wisconsin ever since but the green court the Bucks primary home court is coming back 
after game two of the first round of the NBA playoffs, according to the Bucks' uh, chief marketing officer. That game will be coming back, or that court will be coming back following game two of the first round, barring anything unforeseen. The Bucks will play on the standard green court the rest of the way. So, interesting stuff out there. Uh, I had kind of tagged one of the, uh, I tagged the Bucks CMO in, in a tweet talking about this earlier on yesterday. And someone, gosh, people on the internet are just really uh, something. Just felt the need to go in and reply to that tweet and just say, the Bucks blue uniforms are the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And the Bucks CMO replied to his tweet, just said, thanks for letting me know. Uh, <laughs> love being uh, someone who's able to see on the internet, just folks being mean and then getting killed with kindness in return. Just some of the best thing you can do on the internet overall so good stuff would appreciate if you went and read the full story that i wrote for wisconsin sports heroics yesterday uh always appreciate folks supporting my work over there just by giving it a read through uh but that's going to be all for today's edition of the scotty six pack follow us on apple spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts to start every day with everything you need to know in wisconsin sports while you're there leave a nice review five stars kind comments tell some folks what you like about the show helps the show grow and will allow me to produce even better content for everyone. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Kendrick Stumbrus on Wisconsin.